Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. Behind the blue mic, I'm your host, David Michael. Behind the red mic, we've got... Modingo. Behind the gray mic, we've got... Trip Turlington. And finally, back in studio, behind the green mic, we've got the one and only... Big D. Big D. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing, Mr. Tony DeSera? I'm good. How are you? This is the first time I think we've had the entire family in here all at once for an episode. And it's probably the first time in about 10 episodes that you've been here. So yes. welcome back. Thank it's you. Been, Feels good to be back. What up? It hasn't been the same, man. People have been asking about you. Really? What have you, what have so, you been so doing? What have you been doing? Me? Oh, man. Um, all the things. All of them? Let's see. Festival after festival after festival. Um, just stage managing, backline tech for Prime Social Group. Uh, it's been a busy season for you. Yeah. We had... Um, Breakaway Festival, we had Country Night Lights, Haunted Fest, Times Two, 90s Fest, Times Two. Uh, so just give our audience just a little bit of like, start writing off some artists that you've been dealing with directly in the past couple of weeks. Oh boy. Because it's, I mean, there it's not any one particular type or sound. It's, I mean, you've kind of been all over the map the past few weeks. Yeah. Um, start with 90s Fest. Um, let's see, Bone Thugs and Harmony, (laughs) Jazzy (laughs) Jeff, (laughs) Cisco, uh, Thong Song Cisco. Shut up! Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. Uh, Cisco, let's see, Vertical Horizon, Sister Hazel, um, that was hosted by Pauly Shore, and, uh, (laughs) we were supposed to do, our Pittsburgh show was going to be outside, but the weather... Permitting, we had to move it into three different clubs, and we actually had spin doctors, which I was excited about. Mm-hmm. But since we moved it inside, we didn't we didn't go with spin doctors. Um, but we were supposed to work with them. Then, let's see, Breakaway Festival was after that. We did Chance the Rapper, uh, Young Thug, Designer, Dylan Francis, um, Benny Benassi. It's it quite interesting mix. Yeah, it's there. quite a spectrum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. PSG, when they, uh, which is Prime Social Group, when they do uh, a lot of their festivals, their demographic is geared towards the college kids, right. and they don't really. They when they do the the college festivals, they they do the the rap and the EDM combined. Yeah, you right. know, so they can get the, the wider demographic of kids. Book. Yeah, right, right. Um, and it does really well. You know, it does surprisingly well. So um, there were those two, uh, what was after that? There was Country Night Lights, which was pretty interesting. Um, Was that your first country show? My first country show working. I was supposed to work the one last year, but we that was the weekend that we had craze. Mm. So we and set up for the show, and we, we had craze in Dayton. And this was actually under uh, your company, Three Dimensional, through this. Through the that. craze show was not Country Night Lights. Country no. Night Lights. Oh, I was okay. So I was talking about the Odd Body show. So we'll get no, that, that was that was uh, a couple nights ago. The Country Night Lights. Um, it started off as a one day country music festival. It was PSG's first country music show. Um, did really well last year, so they brought it back this year, turned it into a two-day camp out uh, with multiple headliners. And um, So with that being your first country show, like what were some of the 
challenges that you had dealing with that genre, um, if any? There were there were a lot of a lot of challenges, um, really, because I'm I'm used to when I run the stage, I normally get the axe on and off, and I'm the backline tech, which all the electronic shows is mostly DJs. Oh, so you're dealing with musicians. bands, okay. yeah, music Drum equipment, kids, yeah. which we rent a lot of the backline. The backline gets dropped off, and then obviously every band that comes in has their own tech, their sound tech, which comes in. Sets up all the gear for all the guys, um, plugs all their stuff in, puts it in place. We just help them move it, and we're the hands, you know. So eventually when it comes show day, really all we're doing is moving equipment around, getting the next band set up and getting them on. They have their own guy to plug their own stuff in. Um, going back to the lineup of that show, it was Jake Owen, Brett Eldridge, Frankie Ballard, Brothers Osborne. And that was realistically my first show in a really really long time with live instrumentation you know like full bands mm -hmm. and watching these guys these drummers and these guitarists i was i was in awe you know because i've been watching a lot of djs for a long time and just seeing these live instruments was i was blown Refreshing. away yeah. yeah it was really really refreshing man um especially the guitarist the guitarist from the brothers osborne and the drummer from jake owen's band um jake owen he his drummer he tours with a lot of guys, like a lot of pop acts, like Timberlake and uh, Prince, and which is. Well, he's not touring with Prince anymore. No, no, <laughs> I hope not. Hope not, um, <laughs> uh, bro. I hate to tell you this, but uh, I think I said he used to. <laughs> um, and then the last show uh, of the year, we did Haunted Fest. It was supposed to be two nights, one in Columbus. On Friday night, the next night was going to be in Pittsburgh. That, that's a crazy show too. Yeah. I played it last year, and that was that was intense. They, I I played uh, the Silent Disco, which was a really uh, which was a really neat experience because like I had never even heard of such a thing. Like we had we had heard of like the Silent Raves, you know that like kind of popped up in major cities, but like it never really took off beyond that. So when I get asked to play this like silent disco thing, the, the concept was it's a versus match. So you put two DJs up on the stage with, you know, two different setups. And then all of the people in this area have headphones on and you can tell which DJ they're listening to by the color of the light on the, on the uh, headphones. So like it was kind of cool because like i mean i'm not gonna toot my own horn let, but let me toot it for you <laughs> <laughs> when i saw the picture when trip was playing all the headphones were the same color that was coming off of his mixer i don't know if it was blue it was green it was, it was green yeah, 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 yeah it was green but <laughs> in the picture 90 percent of the kids had on headphones the green lights were on which Team means Turlington. they were listening to trip that's right. a whole new dimension to crowd reading right so right like, it's, oh, okay. it's pretty cool because you have you have a and b and the kids have the option who they want to listen yeah. to. right and you know it was it was really cool because like you know it's just a whole other dimension like it's not just crowd reading but then it's like adds a whole other level of anxiety because like mm. now it's like okay yeah how do i get the lights to turn <laughs> yeah. how do you cue and, and how do i hold on to them you know mm -hmm. like yeah. yeah yeah for sure um this year since we didn't get to do pittsburgh there was a venue issue with pittsburgh so what happened was instead of that lineup going saturday to pittsburgh we made haunted fest two nights 
in Columbus. Oh, snap. Yeah, so Friday night we had um, Cascade, Marshmallow, uh, we had the Silent Disco. Those were our two major headliners on Friday. And then Saturday we had um, Brills and Galantis, okay. which Galantis was was really cool. Really? Um, yeah, they had three three kick drums behind them on a table and stands, and they were, you know, playing the drums. They had a cymbal set up with the rolling electronic drum as well. Each one had their own uh, setup. Cool. It was awesome, but you know how Haunted Fest was last year. It was hot in there. There was 5,000 people in there last year. Yep. It was a uh, yep. sweat box. <laughs> so this year, same building, 7,000 people. Well, mm. over 7,000. Shut up. Yeah, you thought it was packed last year <laughs> and hot last year. Right? I mean, I, sweaty. <laughs> I had maybe 10 feet from the steps of the back of the stage to the, to the garage door exit right. backstage. As soon as I walked three steps up, it went from 45 degrees to 80 degrees oh. right on stage. I mm. mean, you couldn't. It was hard wow. to breathe in there. Mm. It was, luckily, I stayed back to give you a headache too, just going between the temperature. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I you know I had the coolest spot in the house. I was backstage and mm-hmm. right there by the exit. But yeah, I believe next year we're probably gonna have to move it into a, a different building. Really? Yeah, it's amazing. It sold out. It was yeah. the first PSG festival that sold out. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it yeah, was. Absolutely. So outgrow the space. The last, yeah. So you know, going back to. Me being gone for the last 10 episodes, that's why I've been gone. I've been working with, you know, a lot of people. Shout out to PSG, Prime Social Group, for allowing me to uh, work with them and having the faith and trust in me to manage their stage and, you know, the opportunity to work with, you know, all the above artists that... You know, we just people will never have the chance in a lifetime yeah, to even for look sure. at those guys. We just wanted to make sure that we actually got you on the microphone so that no <laughs> and on camera. Yeah, so and on camera verify something with you. Yeah, we didn't murder you or lock you <laughs> in the closet or He's not in the basement I'm okay, yeah. just give them the money. Yeah. <laughs> Kick I'm you off here. the island as yeah. you said. Yeah. I was just <laughs> hanging out with Jazzy Jeff yeah. and Bone. No big yeah, deal. Yeah, no big yeah. deal. Out of all Thursday as Tony likes to call it. Out of out of all of those all of those acts i would have to say getting a picture and and seeing and talking with jazzy jeff was probably the highlight oh, because no yeah. that was one of you know my main influences of picking up turntables right you know between him and jam master jay mm. and it was you know a surreal moment in life for me and my nice. dj career so yeah no doubt you know it was all worth it just just for that just part for that alone. one yeah yeah but yeah, here I am. I'm not dead. <laughs> well, exhausted, but up, not dead. Can you hold up today's newspaper and state your name clearly for the camera? <laughs> Proof of life. Right. Right. Can I talk about what I've been doing? Yes, Anyone? sure. It's really, it's really appropriate that I'm behind the blue mic tonight because oh. I'm still bleeding blue and flying the W. Go Cubs. Oh. <laughs> yes. So I managed to have the extremely rare opportunity to rare. That'll never happen again. Yes, to never attend the World Series, Game Seven of the World Series, and That's watch so cool. the Cubs break their 108-year streak. Yeah, and take the title. I mean, it was just it was an amazing opportunity, and it's one that you know traditionally I, I'm not super into sports. Right. You know, um, so I'm just I don't care. I'm just kind of indifferent to them. Yeah. They're there, whatever. Um, but over the past few years, I've slowly kind of gotten into the Cubs, mostly because of my wife and 
there uh, she's always been a, a big Cubs fan and we went to Wrigley Field a couple years ago and that's where we got engaged and you know during a grand slam right before their game got rained out and so <laughs> the, it's over time the Cubs have been kind of integrated yeah, yeah they've become yeah. important to our story yeah you know? absolutely and so we um the company that um my mother-in-law uh, is involved with they had season tickets to Indians and so they get first crack at, at those uh, tickets right. for the World Series. And so just all the owners of the company basically just gave them to the kids. And so we just managed to be able to go to this amazing event that I never would have otherwise. I mean, most people don't get to anyway, but I definitely never would have been able to do this. You know, right, it's right. way too expensive and way too sporty for me to <laughs> spend my money there. <laughs> right, right. But having that opportunity and for it to be the Cubs, you know, it was just super cool. And so... Oh, you know, and, and one thing that David's leaving out is that was the second game he went to. Yeah, I went to two of them. The <laughs> Between two teams who had gone through significant strife over the past century. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with baseball, the Cubs have not won a World Series in 108 years. And the Indians, I believe it was 64 yeah, years. It was 1948. Yeah, since like they've even yeah. been to the World Series, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. so for either team, it was going to be a significant sports achievement. So for Dave to have the opportunity to, one, have that connection with the Cubs, and not only that, to see them win the World Series for the first time in a, in a century, that's like, I mean... It was historic. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I mean, for the sure. energy in that place. I, I, I even felt privileged watching the, the right. game, let alone being there. It must have been <laughs> completely amazing. Uh, for me, my mom actually lives in Cleveland, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm the exact same as you. Like, you know, I root for the hometown teams, you know, when it comes to sports right. stuff. You know, I don't get all worked up over it. If I get tickets to a game, that's awesome. It's something to do, and it's awesome to see sports and, you know, live. But, you know, I don't, I, I, you know, I'm just not a sportser, you know, as right. I like to say. <laughs> I don't sports. You don't do the sports. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> sports. I'm not a sportser. Um, but, uh, no, my mom, you know, so, you know, if I had to pick a side, you know, I, I was, I was, I was rooting for the tribe just because my mom mm-hmm. lives up in, up in Cleveland. Um, but you know, it's like, I told Gina that night, you know, cause I, when I came to bed, it was right after the rain delay, you know, so we were sitting there watching it and I said, you know, it doesn't matter whichever team, you know, as far, as far as my world is concerned, didn't matter who won, you know, yeah. you're both of them are breaking decades long. It's you cool know, that they droughts. were both there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I mean, they put up a hell of a fight too. Exactly. It, was, it was not a blowout by any means. Right, I mean, it right. got real hairy there by about inning eight and we're like, oh man, they just tied the score up. What's happening? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, uh, I heard somebody sum it up perfectly in that, um, how did they say it? Um, that everybody will always remember who won, but nobody is ever going to like emphasize who lost. Yeah. Like, because it was just that historic that mm-hmm. both teams ended up there. And who, so whoever won, you know, but it, you know, in the end, they both, you know, just really knocked it out of the park to yeah. coin a term. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, for reference, or especially, and you know, I, we have a lot of listeners in Europe, like this match went in and into, into extra time. Like, yeah, and it was right, really right. late in the match. So yeah. there was a rain delay. There was a rain delay. <laughs> so it added to the tension. So yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And also side note, uh Progressive Field, that stadium is super nice. I mean, it is it is an awesome really? there, there's not a bad seat in the house. That's and awesome. their their jumbotron is like a million feet wide. And <laughs> 
It was just a really nice place, facility little, that they've got there. A little bigger than the Dayton Dragons? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> um, also, a uh, shout-out to DJ Cairo, who is the uh, official DJ for the Cleveland Indians. So I got to watch him rock out a little bit. And Very cool. Added him on Instagram, and we chatted back and forth a little bit. So he looked like he was having a pretty good time up there. Oh, I bet. Having Even uh, like the after party after the after Game 7, there was just I mean, a massive crowd out there, and he was rocking out. So That's awesome. Looked, looked pretty cool. That's awesome. So check out our uh, Instagram page. Actually, you can see a, a photo of him with the, the Indians logo on front, which pained me a little to put the indians logo on our instagram account but no it was cool and he was real cool about it like you know we went back and forth harassing each other about the teams but it was all you know in good fun so yeah good time the way it should be yes yes absolutely um other than that um what have you guys been up to mo trip anything interesting uh Got the audio issues sorted out. Yeah, see, <laughs> you brought it up, not me. Yeah, right. <laughs> so just that was wanna, a setup. Yeah, just want to uh, go on record and apologize to our listeners. Uh, uh, I made the classic mistake. I mean, we've actually gone as far as to like recommend to people in pr- in prior episodes. Uh, never change anything significant about your system before a yeah, gig. Yeah, the day before a gig. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and what did we do? And that's exactly what I did. I uh, upgraded my uh, interface and um, and didn't properly stress test it, and I, I broke all of our own <laughs> rules and learned a painful lesson from it. So hopefully it wasn't too bad for yeah. you guys. So all that to say we we are aware that last episode was full of glitches, and hopefully yeah. this one is not, and we'll, we're just going to move on and hope that doesn't happen again. <laughs> Fingers crossed. And, you know, the funny thing is it, it wasn't like you made a massive change. You went from, from one audio interface by the same manuf- manufacturer in the, the same, same line. Yeah, I was going to say same manufacturer, same one. line. Yeah, it, uh, the Focusrite 2i2 is what I was running, and I upgraded to the 18i8. And yeah, so who would have thought that, that yeah. there would have been an issue? You yeah. just figured there's more inputs and outputs, and you just keep going, right? <laughs> right. Do, do you want to try and have him bring up the uh, call to tech support? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How yeah. someone was feverishly defending the build of their of their computer. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> My <laughs> this should not be happening. Yeah, this is not a piece of crap. That's 32 gigs of RAM. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um yeah, all that to say, um uh, as far as I know, um and as far as I've uh tested and Stress tested and and um, and tested again. Uh, so far, so good. So awesome. Yeah. Well, let's talk about legendary DJ duos or DJ groups. All right. You know, people who have collaborated and and have kind of made that its own thing. You know, uh, a lot of people will will tag and stuff like that. But these are groups that have made waves in, in some way or another. Sure. Um. So I, my first example was Above and Beyond. So I'm getting real trancy right off the bat, so everybody just forgive me now. Well, that's how you came in. That so is I mean, how I came in, so it, it felt appropriate. Blood in, blood out. Um, <laughs> actually, while we're chatting here, I'll go ahead and turn on. Uh, now, obviously, this is a production of Above and Beyond and doesn't really speak to the way that they DJ. Sure. But um, let me get a second to cue this up real quick. I don't know how loud this is going to be. So this is actually the Signum remix, but uh, 
This is called Can't Sleep. And it's one of those extremely trancey, long breakdown, stereotypical. 140 BPM. 140 BPM. All day. <laughs> biggest, loudest kick possible right. kind of tracks. Yeah. Um, but it's got those those rolling arpeggios, you yeah. know, that come in that, that just get me kind of in a trance, you know, oh, that's yeah, what yeah. I consider trance to be. 17 layers and yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the side chain three, compression on the baseline. Let's three minute let's builds. That's right. Yeah. So this is a, uh, a, a trance group. They're actually a trio and I can't pronounce any of their names. So I'm not even going to try I can pronounce right. one of them. Yeah. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Tony plus two. <laughs> And uh, also, they so above and beyond owns Injuna Beats, the label, and Injuna Deep, and all the whatever spinoffs there are. Sure. So they they're pretty prolific at this point. They right. you know had a pretty successful career and still waving the trance flag after all these years. When when a lot of people have kind of moved on, you know your Tiestos and and so on have kind of moved on from that sound. Um, you'll still hear them on um, A State of Trance with Armin yeah. Van Buren and, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Um, tagging with trance is is always kind of interesting because there's so much going on. Sure. It's not like playing techno or something like that. It's You have to give each other a lot of space. So well, like, what, what you would know. you say the major differences are, are between uh, trance and techno? Uh, as a style? Mm-hmm. Uh so in the modern sense, I, I think 10 or 20 years ago, there wouldn't have been much difference. Um, you guys might disagree, and we can talk about that. Um, yeah, a little bit, but go ahead. Um, I think that, first of all, trance got really poppy along the way yes. somewhere. And yep. so that that plays a role, and techno really never did, unless right. you're considering big uh, big beat stuff, you know, Prodigy and all that to be techno, then we can have a different discussion. Sure. but. Um, that's not how I refer to techno. You know, I I think of the just repetitive, ongoing, progressive nature that we you know we all kind of th- in this room think of techno. Yep. Yep. Trance tends to follow more strict, you know, um, multiples of four. <laughs> you know, build up, break down, and doing the whole thing. Like yeah. right now, this is the start of like a three minute breakdown. It's right. it's actually completely ridiculous if you're on a tra- on a dance floor. <laughs> <But> <laughs> This is um, the point where you go get your drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, the the go to is it's very melodic, a lot more melodic. Uh, right. Unicorns and rainbow sounds <laughs> come into trance more than more than yeah, techno, and a lot more song structure than loop structure. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. That's what really got me into electronic music was was trance. Because when I was going to raves in the '90s from the Top Forty Club and heard techno. It was cool to me what the DJ was doing, but I really wasn't into the music because it was just so constant, repetitive. Yeah. And then listening to trance, it, it was more song based, and it had, you know, it's pretty. It had more melodies and a, and a lot more polish, polish to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Than techno did back then. Yeah. For now sure. techno, I mean, uh-huh. it's got a progressive feel and it's all kind of meshing together. But yeah. to, like you said, it's another conversation for another time. But back then, that's how I could defer techno to trance yeah you know and and i mean just you know the 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 whole thing that that really kind of surrounded trance was the concept and idea of a a journey Mm -hmm. you know so when you've got um whether it's a dj or 
uh, a, a duo or a trio of, of DJs when you when they came together for that trance set that was the intention and that's you know for something like you know above and beyond you know uh, or, or any of the the major trance duos that was what was one of the the key performance indicators you know to coin a or to use a yeah. a, a corporate term here but like that's one of those identifying characteristics that really made those people stand out is could you start somewhere and end somewhere and not lose people along the way because mm -hmm. some people you know got way too deep or they took it too far left field and and okay so yeah some people you know would drop off throughout but you know you're you had some that were just you know iconic and those and above and beyond is definitely one of them because if you were into this sound you weren't going anywhere for yeah. sure yeah and uh you know it's they're one of those like i said earlier they're one of those few groups that's still really waving the trance flag now where not a lot of people will and it's kind of interesting because it seems like even with the big uh edm movement whatever in america trance remained pretty niche it seems mm -hmm. like you don't see or at least i don't see acts like above and beyond at the same like big EDM festivals as like Calvin Harris and, and all. I mean, occasionally there'll be some crossover, but usually the trance kids do their trance thing mm. and then big EDM does its thing, which I found kind of interesting because it seems now that it would be a lot more acceptable because big EDM has all the big super saw synths and everything that trance right. always did that people used to complain about and said, this will never make it on the radio because blah, blah, blah. That's exactly <laughs> what I was, I was going to say to that is that I, I, for whatever reason, you know, trance back in the early two thousands had this like stigma around it as it kind of, you know, waned off, like, you know, between like, I don't know, what would you say, Tony, like 97, 98, when until like oh two maybe oh three it and may even stem before that really because well right around yeah ninety six well uh, around here we were it was we either were techno a years house drum and bass <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it was either techno house or drum and bass right, here right. with you know we were really Chicago Detroit influenced in in yep. our scene here yep. and you know you and Jason played together Drew and I played together and when we played trance it really wasn't that accepted within not until our scene about here. Nine, for me 99, 99 2000 yeah it started yeah. to become a little more accepted and um, that's that's I what you I was, guys said the door shut pretty quickly on well that's what I was gonna say yeah. is that like around 0203 then like I wasn't you know, here I was I was living somewhere yeah, else when all that went but down. like it, it was just it was you know there was this stigma around it and it was you know a lot of people had you know their their opinions about it and you know there was a lot of people who just didn't like it that were mm -hmm. into the house techno drum and bass scenes so they like pushed it away it was too pretty for them right and you know so yeah squash that squash that you know don't support this show if they're gonna have trance headliners and all of that you know and it just so I think that's kind of that there may be some of that still left over mm -hmm. because if you go to, you know, places in Europe, like people like above and beyond and, you know, like your, your old school, like, you know, Blank and Jones and all mm -hmm. those kinds right. of guys are just, I mean, oh, you yeah. know, huge over there. Um, whereas here, you're absolutely right. Like, I think there's still some, 
some bit of that stigma that might be left over, even though the kids of today may have no idea about, you know, th- that stuff from 15 years ago. Yeah. Also, uh, so this track that's playing right now, this, I would be remiss to bring up Above and Beyond and not mention Ocean Lab, So, mm-hmm. which is basically Above and Beyond plus a vocalist. So yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I hope I say this right, Justine Suiza? Okay. Or Suiza? I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but very f- common trans vocalist, well-known, um, sure. has been on a lot of you know well-known tracks. This is um, Satellite. Mm. This mm-hmm. is actually the Marcus Schultz remix that we're playing in the background right now. And so just, it didn't seem right to to talk about trios and duos and groups and not bring up Ocean Lab, even though it's right. kind of cheating to, right. to bring in a sec- <laughs> bring in the same group twice, but sure. Um, yeah, just, I wanted to start out with trance just because, you know, I, I'm not super involved in trance now, but it's, it's kind of where I came from. And right. so it just, it was one of the first things that popped into my head. Yeah. So. Well, very cool. Yeah. yeah. And I, I can totally appreciate, it, you know, uh, coming in on, on the trance. Now, as Tony said, you know, you know, we were no legendary duo by any stretch of the <laughs> imagination. But, you know, oh, you're so modest. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, my uh, my good friend, Jason Brooks, um, a.k.a. Naughty Groove, uh, he took me under his wing. And when I was on my come up and um you know, over time, we found that we really clicked well together as far as, you know, tag teaming and stuff like that. And uh, we we really did well together. You know, it, it felt good. It felt natural. And, and we had a way of pushing each other, you know, to really dig into our crate and, you know, OK, here's where we want to take them tonight. You know, that that sort of thing. And, and when we got, you know, lockstep with each other. Then you know, okay, I play this track, and he would play this track, and he would, pl- and I would, you know, and as we went back and forth, then you know, these sets that we came up with, they they were fluid, they were natural, they they were a progression. It, it was a journey, and you know, we enjoyed it as much as you know other people who were dancing to it yeah. enjoyed it. And that, you know, for me, like I, I, there's times where I really miss that, you know, that feeling. Yeah. So. When you did you guys primarily play trance back, back then, in the day? Yeah, yeah. Did you did you ever have trouble making room for each other just based on because you're playing trance stuff that's just has a lot going on? Or um, I mean, did you just kind of agree like you play three, I'll play three, and we're doing this as a journey, not trying to mix over top of each other? Or right. how did that work for you guys? Yeah, no, the, we we really vibed well as far as that was concerned. Uh, we typically did two and two. Occasionally, we would do three and three, um, and we very rarely got um, even into a setup where we would allow we were allowed or able to yeah um, you know mix over each other. He and, and I did a couple of uh, two by four, and while that's uh, and for anybody who doesn't know what that is, that's two DJs on two turntables and a mixer each, all being fed into a master channel. So, right. um, you know, it's four turntables and two mixers going at once. And um, you know, with trance, that's a it's a harder thing to do because yeah. it's because there is so much going on, and you don't you like especially 
you know, trying to keep things musical or, or harmonic. Right. You, know, you don't want to, you know, just if, be mashing things. If in you're not doing harmonic mixing, it really, for trance, it really limits you yeah. on what you can layer for right. sure. Because yeah. you almost always have at least some kind of chord progression or melody happening exactly. on any given track. Right. So, yeah, so we, we pretty much stuck to, you know, coming in and going out of each other's tracks yeah. rather than trying to mix over them. And, and and it's also worth mentioning, like when you're talking the trance tracks of the day, like if you're if you're each mixing three tracks, I mean, you, you could each be up there for a half hour at a time. Right. I mean, so, well, you know. and that, that's a that's a really good point, because when we did our tag teams, like we asked for a minimum of an hour and a half, an hour and a half. Yeah. because if we did an hour, exactly what you just said, we might each get two turns on the turntables, yeah. Yeah. you know, over the course of an hour. And while that's cool and all, you know, and, and, and you know, if you know what you're doing, you know, you the one who's not on the turntables, you act as the hype man and, you know, and, and, and try to, you know, keep the crowd engaged and whatever. But, um, yeah, when you're only play, playing four records, <laughs> you know, <for laughs> just the, getting for, started. Right. Yeah. Right. It's so over. Yeah. yeah. The, some of our best sets were two and three hours at a time. Yeah, for sure. So with, uh, you find it easier or is it just a unique challenge or is it as far as mixing with someone else? At the same time, um, it depends on who it is. It, like I said, with Jason, it felt natural. It was, it was, it was a, a good progression, and we really, we really jived well with each other. Um, I've, I've played with other people that, while the technical mixing is fine, you know, but you know, sometimes it just it, it can be jarring because somebody else might come in with an agenda or a set of tracks that they really want to, you know, jam out to, and that's not what you came to do, you know, so. You know, and, and, you know, Jason and I had a couple of nights like that where, you know, he wanted to, you know, take it off into, you know, the super pretty, you know, euphoria land. And I'm sitting there, I'm trying to, like, drive in some, like, you know, harder, you know. Like acid trance or something? more like that German trance, you know, the... Oliver Lieb style. Yeah, you know. Like kick you in the face type. Yeah, you know, but, you know, and... So I, I, I guess it just really kind of boils down to the relationship that you have with the person that's behind the decks because some people can make it really easy and other people it's just... Uh, were you and Jason really close friends? Oh, yeah. Like best friends? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's how Drew and I were. Right. So when you when you spend that much time with somebody, it's it's almost like you're finishing their sentence. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was going to say with you and Drew, I'm sure I didn't just say anything that <laughs> you yeah, wouldn't have just We said didn't yourself. just spend the time on the turntables. We spent we hung out every day, you right. know, we went everywhere and that's yep. that's kind of a big yep. key too when you're as a duo and you're playing together all the time, you know each other so well that yeah, that is a yeah. that is a really good point because the only the only couple of people that I've ever really tagged with like that and really like thought that something good came out of it has been people like that that mm-hmm. like they're my homies anyway, mm-hmm. right. you know what I mean? So right. like, but we kind of know each other and how each other feels about the type of music and how they, we, where they might take it and how not to step on each other's toes. And right. Yeah. So this isn't like something you show up to a gig and everybody draws a name out of a hat. <laughs> no, yeah. no. I mean, I, you, you might have fun doing that. But yeah, I don't, yeah. 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 You're not going to get, be you're fun not gonna get the party. journey. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, no. So I mean, back to above and beyond. I think you know, that especially their longevity. You yeah. know, that there's got to be that synergy there between them to be as successful as they are for as long as they have been, for sure. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure I'll get some backlash for for bringing out the cheese cannon right away, but 
there is some, there is something to be said for somebody who's been doing that sound for this long and right. has, I mean, multiple successful labels and radio shows. I think they're still doing their group therapy radio show. Right. They had trans around the world for I don't know five plus years. And yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of cool to see that there's still people out there doing it. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. I yeah. don't find it. I don't find it cheesy. Hell, I still listen to. Love ballads from the 80s. There you go. So don't be ashamed. <laughs> yeah, I got plenty of guilty pleasures when yes, it comes to my music absolutely. collection. <laughs> Maybe that's a, another subject for a future episode. <laughs> that's for a premium I was just in the shower listening to Peebo Bryson two days ago. All right. Baby, can you stop the rain from falling? Nice. Trip, you have a duo for us you want to bring up? I do, actually. Um, it's ironic that, um, you know, we brought up, uh, or that I brought up the two by four thing mm-hmm. that Jason and I did uh, a couple of times because while it doesn't work great for trance music, it does work for house. Mm. And um, so, like, you know, and, and you're, and uh, you keep saying, you know, you're apologizing for bringing <laughs> out the cheese cannon. Um, but I gotta tell you, this one isn't going to <laughs> be much better. Um, depending on who you are, like I, I, I you know, it's all subjective. You know, some trans sure. fans are out there, and they just loved what you what you pulled out. Well, I'm about to pull out. Um, it's a self-deprecating. Humor, abso- you know, absolutely, absolutely. So for harass me, myself as much as I harass you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so for me. Uh, back in the late 90s, I believe this was 98, 99, Chicago House icon, Bad Boy Bill, right? Mm. Um, he, See where this is going. Yeah, he's he's got an entire like style that's all of his own. Like He takes all of the Chicago House, some hard house, and mixes everything together in like 30 seconds to a minute at a time. Tons of vocal samples, killer scratching, and even really, you know, mixes in break beats and, you know, he's, he's, he's been, you know, very versatile, extremely talented, seen him live a bunch of times. Great guy. Really crazy uh, to see him do his thing. But then at the same time, there was this other guy on the other side of the country named Richard Humpty Vision. And now he doesn't go by Humpty anymore. He, it's Richard Vision. But why? Do you know why he did that? No clue. I don't either. No clue. But, I mean, that was, a, that was you know, you knew who Richard Humpty, Humpty Vision was. Right. <laughs> we always called him Humpty Vision. We never called him right, Richard. Right, right, right. So, um, and he's like into the really thumpy hard house, you know, you know, really bang, you know, stuff out. And um, so they got together in the late nineties and did a tour called uh, the house connection. And while the first one is still in my CD player today, like I still (laughs) listen to these things today, but uh, those don't know CDs are kind of like records, but smaller. (laughs) You put them in an optical drive and smaller and shinier. (laughs) Right. Um, but and make great coasters once they become useless. Uh, well, yeah, it, it, three seconds in a microwave. But <laughs> <laughs> don't try that at home. Don't try yes, that at home. The passionate DJ is not responsible <laughs> for, <laughs> for any advice you may or may not follow. Right. Um, so, and a fun fact. So, uh, there were multiple um, uh, editions of the House Connection as a mix. Uh, as a professional 
um, uh, polished mixtape that was put out. And the second one was actually what got my mom into going to raves and parties and all of that Hell stuff. Yeah. Awesome. My, oh, yeah, my mom. Uh, uh, hi mom. And, uh, she, like, she would be, you know, cruising in her little Saturn SC2, like <laughs> with the, with the, you know, 12 inch subs that I put in the trunk and she's like, just beating <laughs> bad boy Bill and Richard Humpty vision all the way to work. And, and she's like, I get so many looks. It's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So anyway, um, these two guys had very distinct styles and, and, you know, they had very distinct track selections and to hear one without the other, you can tell who is who. Mm. And I think that's one of the reasons that I picked this duo, because when you put them together, the final product is still a very distinct final product that, is distinctly them. Whereas if you take them and, you know, separate them at all, then, you know, they are their own individual thing. And I think that's, that's also a, a, a good, um, uh, I, I think that's a, that's a good indicator of a good tag team when you can yeah. maintain your own identity, but then still be, you know, a contributor to something that's not all you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another thing that it, the first thing that comes to my mind when you when you brought them up, and so I was pretty young when when they were doing their thing. So I I kind of discovered them later. You know, House Connection and everything. Right. And there's a certain like no BS right. <laughs> style to <laughs> them, in like your face, yeah. in your face, straight up mixing. They're not getting fancy and pretty and, yeah. and smooth. It's it's bam, 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 bam. This is their house music, and we're playing it. And, <laughs> right. Can we and, say grimy? Which yeah. it, it is. It's very yeah. grimy. It's very. They just they make no bones about it, and That's it's right. that that kind of hard house that. Well, I mean, like whatever, just chanting something. And there's there's a certain thing that I think some of that's kind of gotten lost as we've gotten more, quote unquote, mature and pretentious right. about our music styles sure. and stuff that. It was just fun. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, we're just here to have a good time and throw some fire on the decks and, like, let's do it. Absolutely. You know? I mean, and as we were talking, you know, that whole buildup right there, you know, there's scratching and yep. little vocal chops going on in there. And then, you know, and there's just this buildup. And then all of a sudden it all goes quiet. And then, bam. You yeah. know, if you don't have a migraine <laughs> and you're over 45, you, no, no, I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, it's... It, it, that was one of the things about this whole tour. Like I didn't see the first one. I saw the second one when they, uh, the second one actually came through Dayton. Wow. And uh, link. What's that? The party was called link. Yeah. At the gym club, the, right? No, that was a, uh, was at the bingo hall where we did channel jive. Uh, the traffic circle. Okay. 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 Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, I mean, it was just really cool because, like, when you saw, like, videos of these guys, you know, doing their thing, you know, all these, like, you know, well-produced, you know, polished, you know, uh, videos of of them performing, and you're just, you get all hyped up for it, and you're all like, oh, man, they're coming to town. This is going to be awesome. And then you get there, and it's every bit of what you wanted. Like, I mean, it, you know, the, the, the crowds came filled places, you know, to see these guys. I mean... You know, Bad Boy Bill in a, himself, you know, would pack a place out. Then you oh, yeah. put them both together and you throw the house connection name behind it. 
boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Had to we stop talking. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm all getting wired. And just, you know, like just the energy from hearing it in the background takes me back to the 90s. Like, just, yeah. it, you know, it's one of those things that if you want to get me moving, man, there's no way I'll drive less than 90 miles an hour if this is in the CD player. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'd imagine being so close to Chicago as we are, he probably drew very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. So it was the pinnacle of Chicago house. Amen. Amen. But that hard house sound. Being in California around this time, I remember hearing about Bad Boy Bill out in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So yep. there was um, the guy that I learned to DJ from, the guy that he learned from, Steve Lambiris, went by Slam and Steve, actually learned from Bad Boy Bill. So Bad Boy oh, Bill wow. is kind of in my family tree of DJs. Nice. Very cool. In 1992, I wasn't even 21 yet, and they were DJing at a 20, it was a 21 and up club, and we went outside for a few minutes, Steve came out and spun with my buddy Brian at the club, we went out to his car and he popped in a cassette tape, and it was Bad Boy Bill from B96 in Chicago, because that's... They used to do B96 mix. Right. Cassette tapes are... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was... I remember being very impressed by it, but really didn't know who Bad Boy Bill was or learned who he was until 96-ish when I started getting... Or 95, 96, when I started getting into the rave scene. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, is this the Bad Boy Bill that I heard on cassette tape in 92? <laughs> like, yeah. It's, yeah. Definitely uh, iconic. I forget what what I forget what show it was, but I saw like some video clip somewhere where it was like Bad Boy Bill like doing like it, it wasn't Soul Train, but it was like you know one of those like MTV or I don't Club know Club MTV or something something like that. Yeah, remember like the where grind, no the grind is what it was called. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but it was but like he was the DJ and it mm-hmm. was like early nineties. Yeah. So like you know all of the nineties fashion and was going on and he's like looking super young and just. <laughs> Bad Boy Just Bill. Yeah. <laughs> same samples, like the same right. Bad Boy Bill sample for like what has it been? Thirty years now. <laughs> yeah, that bad job. Boy Bill. So, aren't they touring now, or they did yes. this year or something? Yes, they, doing that they, an all vinyl tour, right? So, like back in 2013, they brought back uh, 2013 or 14. They brought back the House Connection for a third iteration. Okay. And now they're doing an all vinyl tour. All vinyl tour. Like that like that, you know. I mean, he's been he's been back through here and he plays on CDJs and I mean they they've you we know We had him for uh our fourth of July party two years yep, ago. That's right, that's at, right. Yeah, at the uh, Rockstar Arena. Yeah, it just uh it's crazy because like, you know You know what's funny is like the most chatter I saw about that tour was people complaining <laughs> that they were playing records. <laughs> <laughs> like what part of all vinyl tour do you not understand? Yeah, yeah they were like, oh, right. well, what it gets a gimmick to play on all gimmick. vinyl. And I'm like, <laughs> maybe. Like, maybe now it, it kind of is. But, like, who cares? It's cool. Like, right. why why do people get all bent out of shape? Like, it's it's right. the whole point of the tour. Right. They're not making a big deal out of it. They're not saying you're not a real DJ if blah, blah, that's blah. Right, yeah. They're just doing what people want to see them do because that's what they always did. Well, right, you right. It, it, like, I was going to say. I never got understood They, they both, like, you know... Uh, have lasted this long in this scene. I don't know about Richard, but I do know that I've seen Bad Boy Bill, and he's played on CDJs, and he, you know, he's he's upped his you know technological game. So it's not that he's rejecting any technology, but you know, and is it a little gimmicky? Maybe, but 
you know, this is what they started on. This was their roots. Like, so to bring it back to the roots, that's them kind of reaching out to all us old fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we, who just, now and, just happen to have buying power and can afford, <laughs> and can afford those all access passes to their right, to their right. national tour. Absolutely. You know. You know. So it. I I, I agree. I mean, it's it's I don't silly really to see complain anything wrong about with it. a little bit of a gimmick anyway. Absolutely. Like, I, I mean, I'll I'll rail on the the giant mouse heads and the cake throwing and all that like the next sure, guy but sure. I mean what's wrong with having a little but it's a not like flavor they on didn't there. tell everybody like oh as they're walking into the gates of the event oh by the way they're spending nothing but vinyl <laughs> right you know right. It, it's well brand- great <laughs> yeah well crap <laughs> crap now I, I drove all this way log feedback <laughs> <laughs> you know damn it I guess that means no cakes either. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm I'm not hating on the cake. I want to know how the forefront of DJing became a gimmick. Right, right. That's not a gimmick. That's where DJing came from. That's right. Right. And like, I I, I get the, like when people have the argument, like there's no reason to spend vinyl anymore or whatever. Like I see where people are coming from with that, but like, what, who cares? Right, yeah. right. Like, why, right. why don't you just play whatever format you want? Like, we've had this conversation a million times, and, like, you can't make everyone happy. No, right. That, like, somebody's going to say that you're a dinosaur if you play on this. Somebody's going to say that you're rejecting the roots of DJing if you play on this. It, so, I, you know, do what you want and have fun with it. And Absolutely. I think that's what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and if you've, and, uh, I mean, if you are one of those people that just, is in that camp, then if you get a chance to see them, I'm telling you, if it's anything like it was, you know, 20 years ago or, or you know, however many years ago it was, uh, seven? 20. 96 would have been 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and by the way, I mean, if if you guys disagree with me, you know, leave a comment and tell me why. I mean, right. I'll, you know, I'll listen. Yeah, but I'm willing to hear hear you out. But it's you know? funny it's, you say that about people complaining about vinyl because I've seen a resurgence in audiophiles purchasing like these old uh, records, you know, and yeah. going back to a vinyl mm-hmm. and buying, you know, going to these places that specialize in old school audio equipment, you know, buying like vacuum oh, yeah. tube type uh, oh, yeah. amplifiers and things like that. So yeah, people are, are starting, I mean, record warmth is the big buzzword there. Right, right. Yeah. yeah and, well, and, and, and even artists are releasing uh, albums in vinyl now yeah, with intention with, with, with digital download, uh, yeah. uh, uh, yeah, and all that. Some stuff, you but. can only get vinyl months before the even digital download comes out. They right. want you to buy it. A lot of techno yeah. guys are doing that. Are they? I think some of that might be an attempt to to monetize in a saturated market too. At least they can sell a physical good, right. you know, as opposed to a Beatport download. And, right. And so that also kind of makes sense too from for the heads who really want it. Mm-hmm. You know, you pay the premium, you get the actual thing, you get the the revenue from that, and then you can release the digital download or however you do it yeah for sure and uh, you know i yeah and some people just <laughs> like the exclusivity some people never release it on digital right you know then they're typically making some kind of statement or whatever but yeah, yeah but I, i'd argue to say that you see a lot more vinyl releases now because was it uh, peppers just released their re- most recent album on vinyl and i, I didn't even know if i was walked into a music store the other day i was like oh crap mm. that's kind of sweet yeah. Well, and a lot of people have tables again, which wasn't the case for a while. You know, yeah, and, and right next there's to a big the, market for right it. Right next to the display, they had like four or five different variations of turntables you could get. I mean, there were yeah. some that were completely battery powered 
and portable that you can mm-hmm. just plug up to a, a portable speaker. Oh but, yeah. You know, yep. So I thought that was you know I, th- well, I think it's yeah for like a hundred bucks you can pick up these like Crosley things that are mm-hmm. they're like little suitcases and it's got you know battery uh, it's uh, battery powered with uh, speakers yep. built right into it. I think they even have Bluetooth and right. stuff on right. them. Yeah. 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 Um, but you know I, I, the 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 vinyl market has been on the on the rise again for i don't know probably the last three to five years yeah a good while and um you know so <clears throat> i think that's uh, that's a definitely a good thing because well, it, th- the, the hardest part about it is that uh vinyl manufacturing hasn't been able to keep up with the demand so yeah. like if i wanted to release a vinyl now it, it you know i even if i have the file now like <laughs> I, the song is done it's mastered and then i send it off it might be 6 months before it ever sees the market because they're so behind yeah but you know yeah I warmth is think- always the big buzzword and and physical medium and all of that stuff you know i mean and and kudos to you know the younger generation that that is picking up on that well i was just going to say i think i think a new generation is discovering that it's possible to own a piece of media. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Which, I mean, that sounds ridiculous for me to say as a well, 30-something. But, absolutely. You know, that was 20-year-old kids, they've never had to buy CDs and, right. and that stuff. That was something that, that got lost yeah, with, the, the, with the digital music yeah. uh, revolution. So now they sure. get something nice and crispy yeah. they can take out of the, you know, hear the crackle you as soon as you insert, take it out. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah beautiful artwork and but all that. But it's even going back to when they re, 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 reproduced the techniques again. And they said mm. the biggest issue was that most of the machining that they had used in Japan to make the original techniques was just not usable. So they had to recreate a lot of the right. machinery. Yeah. In order to, I wonder if that's in, in true order to or not. Re-release. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. I've heard that too. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. I was gonna so say, we had to just, charge $4,000. Exactly. I was going to say justification I'm, yeah, for a I'm sorry, but 400% it's 400% increase. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Trip Tarlington here. Uh, this conversation ended up going for like an hour and a half. And so what we wanted to do was break this down into two separate episodes. So make sure that you uh, check back in with us next week. And in the meantime, think about what uh, DJ duos or trios or groups uh, that you've actually looked up to and leave them in a comments or send us a voicemail or an email and let us know what you think and why you like them. Also, make sure to uh, check us out on all the social media, uh, help spread the word along, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Passionate DJ podcast at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash passionate DJ or on Twitter at DJ with passion. And always remember to keep on spinning.